episode 569 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, brought to you by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh of Grantland.com. Hi, Ben. Hello. How are you? All right. We have some podcast news that we'll get out of the way. Mm. Uh, we're going to go to three episodes a week during mm-hmm. the off season, uh, which sounds uh, eh, interesting. Um but, of course, there's three holiday weeks in there, so those would have been short weeks anyway. We'll do a full week for the winter meetings. We'll come back. Uh, when do we start doing the team previews? It's like beginning of February or so? Yeah, around there. Around there. So then we'll go back to doing five. And uh, if uh, news happens and we feel like it's uh, worth recording a podcast uh, that day, even if it's not scheduled, uh, we'll just go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so won't be too bad. Yeah, ideally you will only miss the shows that we would have been scrambling to do where neither of us really had anything to talk about and we scrounged up a topic at the last minute and uh, you probably won't be missing those episodes all that much. There are some dead periods in the off season where it's it's tough to find something good that we haven't talked about before and that we are interested in talking about. So Yeah, we are during the off season we are the proverbial uh fourth outfielder overextended in full-time play (laughs) right yeah but we will keep going and hopefully those of you who who enjoy the podcast on your way to work can just take uh tuesdays and thursdays off or work from home on those days uh yeah that's a good one that's a good (laughs) idea yeah um all right and so i guess the, the one thing though is uh each of us when we starts the show says the daily podcast from baseball oh yeah yeah i mean it says that in, in the, the itunes description it says it in all the logo? over the place does it I, say it in the logo it does say it in the logo <laughs> so i think we just have to i mean we look we were never truly daily to begin That's with true. saturday and sunday off mm-hmm. uh so i think we just keep saying it okay all right uh so the off season has begun mm-hmm. and uh free agent gossip has has started mm-hmm. and um I wanted to talk about that, but I, I didn't know exactly how to talk about it. It's such a giant topic to talk about. Um, and so I thought that I would just narrow it down to one thing, and that one thing is the Yankees. And so in the past, for most of our adult lives, you and I, Ben, mm-hmm. um, and much of your teen years, uh, the Yankees were the kind of dominant force in every offseason. It was sort of... Um, it, the the default for any free agent was okay. Try to try to get to the Yankees. If you were trying to predict, you'd start with the Yankees and you'd find a reason they weren't going to sign a player, and then you'd start figuring out what team they were going to be on. And you know, you 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 always had this feeling that agents really wanted to get their players linked to the Yankees, so that if nothing else, it raised their price. Uh, and if you could get the Yankees bidding against the Red Sox or against another big market team, that was even better. And um, so I I don't know what the Yankees offseason is going to be like. I don't know if that uh, way of looking at the Yankees as the dominant force in an offseason is true anymore. It, it isn't. It has never been true every year. They have had years where they've been less active and years where they've been more active. But it was usually true. And so now I don't know where, where the Yankees are. But more than that, um, I want to just refer back to the conversation we had about them last year when you, in your uh, much, much since referred to uh, assessment of what they needed to do to get good, said they need to sign all the good players. 
mm-hmm. and they did, and they were <laughs> still poor. And so this year, mediocre, they, mediocre, but with a again they what they lot they won one fewer game than the year before, and I think their Pythagorean record was one game worse, mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive, by the way, if you think about it. They outperform Pythagorean record by like six or seven wins two years in a row. Yeah. That's social territory, man. We're like two more years away from accepting that it's real. I've, but yeah, I've heard people give those credit to Yankees, Joe Girardi for that, rightly or wrongly. I would give credit to Martin Prado, even <laughs> though he wasn't there the first year of this and for most of the second year. I still think that the that the the idea of Martin Prado was uh, percolating in the Yankees, <laughs> and uh, so Prado is uh, Prado is uh, Pythagorean uh, kryptonite. <laughs> um, by the way. No, I'm not. I'm not even gonna. By the way, this never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, so um, I forget that that threw me off course. But I guess the first thing to establish, Ben, mm. um, is do are the Yankees good? I don't think so. Good. I, I mean, I don't. I I am uh, the one writing the Yankees annual essay this year, so I I will have to figure that out very shortly. But I I don't know what there is to be optimistic about in the near future. I mean, there are maybe some prospects you could kind of get excited about. Not a lot of depth. They've finally reorganized themselves in that department and uh, hired some new front office personnel who will be maybe changing the way that's that's run. The, The total lack of young talent on the team right now or lack of impact young talent on the team but i don't know in the in the year in the near future what there is to be excited about really i mean things things kind of went about as well as could be expected this past year i know they had a lot of injuries but you would have expected them to have a lot of injuries with the roster that they had and it seems like they're kind of locked into a lousy offensive team in the short term at least there i mean there's not a whole lot of upside there is there i mean you could say that maybe beltron will bounce back after having his surgery and he'll be good but i mean he'll be 38 and coming off surgery and each row will be 41 and ellsbury will be a year older and gardner will be a year older no one is really moving into their prime in that lineup everyone is slowly or quickly moving out of it so you, you could, know that last year they yeah. had last year was the second oldest team that they've ever fielded, which is saying something because the Yankees yeah. fielded some very old teams. Yeah, I and wrote usually about it going into this past season about whether they would have the oldest lineup of all time because well they, they would have if Avery yeah. had been there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you've I'm trying to remember what your what your old team theory was. It was they crash really fast, but old teams are often also. Uh, like there's this there's this dynamic where old teams are often at their peak and then they crash fast, right? Yeah, I think I I if I had a theory about that, it was just that they're high variance more oh. more so than the typical team, and that if you're the Yankees and you've assembled all these old guys, it's because you still think they'll be pretty good. They they didn't sign these guys thinking they were going to be over the hill, and they could be if they were all healthy. They've all lasted this long because they were skilled players in their prime and maybe they have something left. But but yeah, it, it can all go wrong very quickly. They can all get hurt and have injury stacks and everything can can crater. 
Brian Brian McCann was their youngest regular last year. <laughs> I know it's, it's. I guess I guess after after they got him, Chase Headley became right. their youngest regular, who's like it's two like... months younger than Brian McCann. <laughs> yeah, it's... Martin Prado was was the next youngest. Martin was he Prado under thirty at least. No, no, <laughs> no, none of them were. I guess Headley wasn't um, when they got him. Headley Headley started the year under thirty, turned thirty in May. Gardner, so, Gardner turned 30, or no, he turned 31 no, no. in August, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, uh, you know, they had Solarte for a right. while. So they did They did start a player who was under 30, and Cervelli is under 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's basically it. They probably started, what, maybe, probably fewer than 100 games from under 30 players. Yeah, I probably. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Ben, what, what you're saying is, is sort of true in one sense, but, um, you know, also we're just a year removed from Brian McCann being, you know, a star, mm-hmm. um, sure. I and them to be very good. Right. And Ellsbury certainly was a star. Um, and Carlos Beltran was very good, although it's mm. more troubling that yeah. he would he would collapse and yeah, he kind of kind of tanked in his like I think his last season with St. Louis. He sort of sort of sort of lost it in the second half, at least. Uh, in the second half. Mm. Uh, eh, all right. Well, he, okay, but he had the exact same year as he had his first yes. year with St. Louis. Yes. Basically, overall, mm-hmm. um, and then Gardner is you know a very very good player, mm-hmm. and so it's not as though they are bereft of of good baseball players. I mean, like we're grading them on a Yankees curve, aren't we? To some degree. Yeah, sure. I mean, they still won 84, 85 games the last couple of years. And that's, I, I, a lot of people gave, uh, a lot of people I've heard over the past year, give Joe Girardi a lot of credit for them being adequate, even being mediocre, being kind of in contention and wondering how he did that and what kind of Yankees magic was going on. And, I never thought it was particularly impressive. I mean, he has had a lot to do. He's been a busy manager just swapping guys in because they've had so many injuries and and establishing new relievers and everything. So I, I, he may have done a, a fine job. But the fact that they have won 85, 84 games is, doesn't strike me as particularly impressive. Like, that should be that should be the low end of the range if you're going to have the highest or second highest payroll in baseball theoretically if that goes bad you should still be decent i mean if you're spending it all efficiently or intelligently the downside of a 200 million dollar team should be missing the playoffs by a few games not totally tanking so they've been i think about where one would expect them to be which is you know not 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 totally embarrassing it's hard to be embarrassing when you're paying that much money to play players even when lots of them get old and lots of them get hurt there's still some talent there so do you think they were closer to an 84 win team or a 77 win team in true talent uh i'd say i'd say more of a low 80s team i think Uh, yeah and would you say that without knowing what they're going to do this offseason which i guess we'll talk about but uh uh, would you say that it is more likely 
that they win, uh, say, 95 games or 68 games next year. Hmm. It's hard for me to imagine either, but I guess that, I mean, 95 is a lot closer to where they've been than 68. So I, I might say that, but I can't imagine it happening even, either. Uh, so as to what they will do this offseason, um, Tim Dirks at MLB Trade Rumors did his annual uh, offseason preview, ranking the top 50 free agents. Uh, and as part of that, he predicts where the free agents will land. This is an extremely challenging task, I'm sure he would admit. I'm sure anybody would admit. Uh, as we've shown before, even GMs, when asked to predict where free agents will go, do no better than random chance, which is, I guess, why R.J. Anderson last year, <laughs> yep. what did R.J. did actually predict using random chance, right? Didn't he? I think what did he, he have? He had I a random he, number generator. Yes, I think he, which he, he included random. his picks, but then he also yes, included and, random number. And I think, I think Randy beat him. Uh-huh. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, uh, so uh, so Tim Dirks has has his up, and uh, he has the Yankees signing uh, Max Scherzer and Hanley Ramirez, and I, like an idiot, navigated away from this tab. Uh, but those those I think the uh, those two, and then uh, Jason Grilly are the only ones that he had going to the Yankees. He has the Yankees uh, mentioned about a. 48 times like almost <laughs> like in a not every but in a lot a lot more players um the yankees are mentioned as possibility but let's say scherzer hanley and Grilly. let's just say he nails them uh how shocking would that be do you take i guess do you sort of in total out outlay do you take the over or under on that i think i'll take the under on that That'd be that'd be That's a lot. What, so yeah, it, it it would be a lot. But look, they I mean, so they have to replace Kuroda, they mm-hmm. have to replace uh, Jeter, they have to replace Headley probably because Arod might not play third base. They still don't have a second baseman, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. They might have to replace David Robertson if he turns down their qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. Which seems both surprising that he's getting one and surprising that he's going to turn it down. And yet there it is. Mm-hmm. And um, have to replace Brandon McCarthy. So, you sure? Uh, well, I'm thinking of total contract size yeah. more so than of 2015 salary. So, I could see them spending as much as Scherzer and Hanley and Greeley would cost in 2015. But... Um, I don't know that I see them spending as much as it would take to sign those two guys long term. I mean, it wouldn't shock me or anything, but yeah, that would be you know between two fifty and three hundred million dollars, probably. Yeah, and that's probably. I mean, they just came off an off season where they spent an enormous amount of money and just sort of treaded water record wise, and their attendance took a, a bit of a hit. I believe, right? I mean, it was still very high, but, uh, or no, I guess it didn't. It didn't. That's interesting. Their attendance increased. Um, well, Jeter. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but they still, it increased a little bit, but because of Jeter, probably, presumably. Yes. But uh, they didn't get any payroll revenue, uh, payroll, uh, playoff revenue. And as we know, that well, mm-hmm. that's like what? What did we find out? That's like 60 or $70 million that they lose. Yeah, it's from the it's previous a, year in operation revenue. Them. 
Mm-hmm. So um, if they're basically building their budget with the presumption that they're going to make the playoffs, I mean, they we talked about this. They dropped from like $350 million in revenue to 280 or something like that just by missing the playoffs, and they missed the playoffs again last year, mm-hmm. uh, and they won't have Jeter this year, although uh, it'd be an interesting farewell <laughs> tour. <laughs> uh-huh. They just trotted him out <laughs> like Bernie. Yeah, well, I mean, what was, I mean, he was making, what was his, his salary that last year? I think it was like $13 million, wasn't it? $13 million, or maybe it was 17 So, no, it was 12 12 yeah. So, I mean, he's probably a bargain at 12 even even as one of the worst, if not the worst, regular players in baseball to seemingly single-handedly prop the Yankees' attendance up increase their attendance despite the fact that the team was no better and this was a year after they missed the playoffs that is pretty impressive i don't know how you could isolate the jeter effect but attendance alone let alone the enormous amount of merchandise that was sold i mean they must have more than made up for whatever they were paying him unless they missed the playoffs because they were playing him in which case maybe not but otherwise Certainly seems like that was a good deal. So uh, does the fact that they have lost all this money, lost all this revenue, and have no real way of, I mean, necessarily getting that revenue back next year without Jeter being there, does that, though, make it more or less likely that they'll go Mm. spend $300 million on players? Because it doesn't (laughs) seem to me that while it seems unhinged to think that the response to this would be to go buy, I just watched the first episode of Portlandia, so, Portlandia, so I'm going to, this is a, a reference nobody will get, but to go buy the bigger hot tub uh, seems crazy. On the other hand, what's the plan? I mean, the, like it's, they're, they're going to lose more money, right? If they don't invest, and they've already spent all this money, which you can say is sunk cost, but I mean, doesn't it? Couldn't you see it making them more desperate to get back to the playoffs, get that revenue back, get the I, playoff swag? Yeah, sure, I could. I mean, it's not a good situation either way. They've kind of spent themselves into a hole here, where yeah, that that might be the most reasonable course of action that they should just keep spending. And of course, that could backfire even further. It could plunge them into an even deeper, darker hole that that they stay in even longer. And I, I mean, I guess they could just just decide that they're not going to do business that way anymore. They could try to talk up a, a new rebuilding plan or something. I mean, they've never they've never really done that. That's something that the Yankees have never really openly tried. And and people will always say, oh, that doesn't work in New York or it won't work for the Yankees. And who knows? Maybe they will get so desperate that they'll see whether it does. But yeah, I mean, they're they're kind of locked into a high payroll here with some pretty unproductive players for a few more years. So, <laughs> so what would you do? Uh, I I don't know if if I mean it depends how much whether they are losing money, whether they're just making less money than they could. It's, I mean, it's always hard to say what a team's actual financial situation is, especially when it's a team with an RSN, so you can never tell 
you know, if the team's losing money, it doesn't mean that the the whole organization is losing money. And of course, the value of the franchise is probably going up no matter what, right? Whether you talk about the short-term operating losses or not, if the Yankees were to sell, I mean, given what franchise values have been lately, they would go for several billion dollars, perhaps. I mean, who knows? So while they're losing in the short term, they are, in a sense, probably not losing anything. So I don't know, maybe they can just keep throwing money at this problem and hope that they can at least stay respectable and maybe luck into a playoff spot and and eventually develop some talent. Oh my gosh, Ben, can we, I know that, I know that there's a, there's a sort of fatigue that people got with the Yankees in the, you know, early aughts, but doesn't it sort of seem, I mean, as fun as it is to watch the Royals and as, as much as we root for teams, the unexpected teams to add a splash of color to the postseason, it doesn't it sort of kind of seemed like it wouldn't be as fun if the Yankees had like a six-year run of being irrelevant like they really do a lot to um to you know make the offseason more interesting to -hmm. give you something to root against in the regular season to sometimes have a uh great team that's so good that we remember it forever and talk about it and they give us these great moments I mean like I don't know I don't I don't know if I like this I I thought (laughs) I wanted this uh-huh. Yeah. And then well, when I got it, it just sort of sucked all the moisture out of the air. Yeah, that's I mean, that's always kind of been the argument, right? That baseball needs the Yankees to be good or needs the the most prominent teams to be good, that they're the most hated teams and that therefore they generate intrigue. And I don't know. I mean, this was a great postseason. It wasn't like I was at any point giving a thought to the Yankees or thinking, no, no, no. I wish years, the Yankees were playing, but two years we can handle for sure. Yeah. I, but your, your plan for them though, your plan there for them was literally get good enough that they might luck into a playoff spot. Right. It's the New York Yankees. And you're <laughs> hoping to build maybe an 84 and a half win team on paper and every three years luck into a wild card spot. Like, that's really depressing. There's got to be something better than in the middle. Well, I, I mean, they've had a really bad run of drafting and developing players. And obviously, they're always fighting a bit of an uphill battle in that they usually are good, so they don't have high draft picks. And they're always competing. So when they do have prospects, they trade them away for veterans. And so that's always made it difficult for them to develop from within. But they've managed to do it at various points. I mean, not only in the the early mid-90s, late-90s teams that had a whole core of really good productive players from within, but even, you know, like the 2009 team had Robinson Cano or, you know, still had a productive Jeter. I mean, they can always keep their homegrown players who do turn into stars, so they just have to get a few of them and they just have been bereft the last couple of years so I mean other than Gardner and Robertson that is that's kind of it right now Betances so that will change I think I mean they can't continue to be as either incompetent or unlucky or a combination of both as they have been drafting and developing players eventually 
that will change. Maybe the new people that they put in charge will change it. Maybe it'll change just because it can't continue to be that bad. But that's all they need, right? They need a few productive players who are cheap. And if they have that, then they can supplement enough, I think, to build via free agency. It's when they have to construct the entire team via free agency that even the Yankees can't consistently do it. What do, you, what do you mean when you say a few, how many is a few in your mind? Because it's actually not that easy to, to get a few productive regulars. I mean, I watched the Giants go 20 years without developing a productive regular, and that was extreme incompetence and bad luck. But it's not that easy. I mean, average ball players are very rare. Mm. So how many are you thinking here? I wonder how many average homegrown players the typical team had this year. I I don't know. I I don't know, but I mean, they have to have like five maybe at least. And you're including pitchers. I'm including pitchers. Yeah. Would you include or would you include a reliever in that? Uh, maybe, you know, maybe 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 a Batances, a but, but not a Warren. Yeah, I don't think the I mean the 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 Warrens and the David Phelps and and those guys Chase Whitley, the, those kind of guys, I don't think they really rise to that level. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, it's hard to develop a superstar, but even if they could just not have to just fill every position, I mean, if they could have a homegrown guy who was league average instead of signing Carlos Beltran, if they could have someone to bring up from the system instead of having to trade for an entire lineup in the middle of the year, which they did, and it worked out really well, and they did that really well. But it's hard to do that consistently and then have any talent left over to develop. So uh, it's a, sort of a tall order. It might take a few years. So, so yeah, it might be a depressing future for now. All right, who spends more this offseason in total... Total, total outlay. Mm. Yankees or Cubs? Huh. I'll say Cubs. And who spends more over, let's say, the next uh, two years? Yankees both years or Cubs this year plus Astros next year? <laughs> I'll take Yankees. Okay. So are you? does this have any larger significance that the Yankees are... I, are in this sort of spiral right now is that I mean when when you use them as an entry point to talk about the free agent market are you thinking that there is any larger significance here that if the Yankees are not spending the way that they normally do does that depress the market somehow or is it not all that significant um I don't I don't know I don't think it's I don't think it's probably all that significant in a in a way that would be worth talking about I, I think that there will be individual players who, uh, you know, a, a couple of players who will, at the end of the offseason, think, too bad, if only the Yankees were spending, I, you know, I might have $8 million more mm-hmm. in my life, uh, or $18 million more in my life. And so that's pretty significant to them, but not mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably not. And it does seem like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it does. And I also don't think that... I mean, I don't think that what the Yankees are going through is necessarily a uh, 
quite as strong an indictment of trying to sign free agents as people will make it out to be either. They've done a very bad job with their free agents. That's kind yeah. of the problem is that when they do sign these guys, they immediately do worse than we were expecting mm-hmm. more quickly. And this is sort of the same way that it was with the Angels with their moves. It wasn't so much that they spent big on guys. It's that guys that we thought were good and weren't going to decline rapidly uh, for another three years declined immediately. And that's just sort of kind of bad luck, probably. Yeah. I mean, when the, the last time the Yankees won the World Series, they had a little bit more help from the farm system, maybe. But still, they had gone on a spending spree the previous winter. And it worked out just fine. I mean, Robinson big... Cano. Yeah, Robinson Cano was signed as a free agent, and Russell Martin was signed as a free agent, and both of those guys are really good. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like if the Yankees had signed Cano and Martin uh, to huge contracts instead of uh, McCann and you know Ellsbury, yeah, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they would have been pretty happy. Signing yes. Those guys, the big money deals. Yeah. Right. They won the World Series with CC Zabathia, free agent, who was excellent, big part of that team. Mark Teixeira at the time was very productive, big part of that team. Johnny Damon was a pretty big part of that team. So, so yeah, it's doable. Maybe it's 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 hard to do, but then it's also hard to develop your own players too. So, so yes, maybe they will have a combination of developing someone who's decent and just signing more intelligently or or more luckily all right i've got no more hypotheticals to make you (laughs) i guess i get uh, one more one last one and i'm hoping that you didn't look at it okay uh while you were there how much do you think Derek jeter made uh oh in his career oh wow (laughs) i'll say 275 I've got, uh, let's see, I've got 253 plus the ARB years. So mm. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess like 260.5. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. Uh, 265.2. Wow. Huh. What'd you say? I said 275. All right, good. Okay. Well, right in the middle of us again. Yeah. Getting, All right. Good at the salary estimation thing. <laughs> the, well, the more we do modern players. Yeah. Like I think if we if we had had to do Cal Ripken Jr., it would not have gone well. No. All but, right. I mean, I remember almost every dollar that was ever given to Derek Jeter. Like yeah. we are now to the point where I can recall all three contracts he signed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, so it's, that's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. so- we will be back later in the week. We will be doing listener emails regularly again. So please keep them coming at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. Thank you to everyone who left ratings and reviews for the show on iTunes last week and over the weekend. We got a bunch of them. Appreciate it. Welcome more. And please support our sponsor by going to the Baseball Reference Play Index at baseballreference.com and subscribing using the coupon code BP to get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash effectively wild. And we'll be back on Wednesday.